0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says the kingdom of God is not. Well, during this chapter 14, Paul is dealing with um, food. Glory to God. I love food. No, I don't. I, I, I don't I don't live to eat. I, uh, uh, I don't how's that saying go? I, I don't, I, I don't, um, what? I eat, to live. I eat to live. I don't live to eat. Hallelujah. All right. But, um, I like it anyway. So, um, I'll tell you a funny story. So I've been like one, I grew up in my house and in my front yard and my farm Our farm in Illinois, we had rhubarb. Y'all know what rhubarb is? And I liked it so well, I'd eat it raw. And if you've ever eaten raw, rhubarb is gross, but I like it. And so um, I've been wanting some so bad. So we had to run my mom up to Illinois, Illinois. And when we ran her up there, um, we went to a restaurant with JC, uh, Neff, a friend of mine. Most of you know him. Uh, his wife, Jesse, went home to be with the Lord not very long ago. We went to visit him. And he took us to this little restaurant, and they had rhubarb and strawberry pie. And I exited my current eating plan to have some. <laughs> praise the Lord. But this chapter in 14 is about food. You say, well, that's just silly. Well, it was a big deal back then because they used to sacrifice meat to idols and then eat it. And then, uh, and the Jews, those who were, this is before Jesus, would have nothing to do with that meat because it was sacrificed to a demon. And then Paul comes along And he's of the persuasion, if I bless my bread and water, if I bless my food, then I don't care where it was sacrificed, I'm not going to let it go to waste. But if you study this chapter out, if he's eaten with somebody that it bothers their conscience, he refuses to eat it. Because they're more important than a piece of steak. And today in the hour you live in, people and their salvation are more important than any views you might hold. I'm not talking about departing from scripture. You hold your scriptural views. But you and I, this is what he's talking about here. He's talking about what's in what the kingdom is and what it's not but he's also telling you how to function in front of people who have not grown in their faith i don't say we leave them there but they have not yet grown in their faith you as a mature believer i always talk to you cornerstonians as though you're mature come on we've gone from the milk to the meat of the word of god amen and we need to understand if we want to help those who are not fully grown yet or who are not born again, we have to be aware of our circumstances, aware of the people around us, always looking to minister to someone instead of always just having our own rights and privileges. Amen. Amen. I lost some of you here in the first service. Do you word people or not? Then yes. well, let's do the word. Yeah, but he says, yeah, but what spirit is he saying it in? Stick with the word. People are more important to God and their eternal destiny than anything else. Jesus paid a high price so you and I could go to heaven. Not just go to heaven, but have a relationship and call him Abba. Our primary call is to be a minister of reconciliation. And when you understand how to do that, come on, you can have uh, your rights and privileges and you need to walk in them and receive everything from God. But while we're doing that, let's look to the needs of others. Freely you've received. Now it's time to give. Come on, let's think about how we can help people, how we can get them out of the kingdom of darkness, how we can help someone who is uh, faith light, if I could say it that way, and get them into faith heavy. You know what I'm saying? How do we do that? Well, one of the things is to be aware of your circumstances. And so that's what Paul was telling them. And he said, but the kingdom of God is not. It's not this meat and drink. It's not this natural stuff. Don't get all hung up on it. But let me tell you what the kingdom manifested looks like. Let me tell you what the kingdom manifested looks like. It's righteousness. It's right standing with God and everything that goes along with that. It's peace. Come on right now. If you can manifest some peace everywhere you go. If you could manifest some peace when you're going back to work, if you could manifest some peace at your school, if you can manifest some peace at the football game, let's come, oh hallelujah, at the football game coming up. If you can manifest some peace at the restaurant, if you can manifest some peace to your neighbors, if you can manifest some peace come on at your family gathering, if you can carry that, and carry it even as a weapon. When the storms rise up and somebody doesn't know how to do it, you can be the one because you're a carrier of it because you've let go of the the worldly stuff. You've let go of the natural stuff. You've let go of that because the kingdom of God is not natural, but it's supernatural because at the end it says it's in the Holy Ghost. Woo! Thank God it's in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I want to jump ahead so bad. Um, stay tuned. I'm going to get to in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Ah, and, But we got, we got to follow. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It's peace. Everybody say, peace be still. You are the carrier of the peace of God, not just any peace, the peace Jesus left. And if it could calm a storm that the devil raised up to keep them from going to deliver the man at Gadarene's. Then you can use the name of Jesus and speak peace to the storms that concern your family, that concern your city, that concern your nation, that concern this world. If we would all get to speak the word and speak to it like God has ordained us to do and, and be carriers of it, keep our mind state on him and keep us in perfect peace, then we can use that peace as a weapon that it was meant to be. And then we've been talking about joy. We've been talking about joy, the joy of the Lord. Joy is a product of something. So let's get, let's review a little bit. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13 says this. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Fill you with all joy. Everybody say, I'm full of joy. Woo, the God of hope, the God of expectation fill you with all joy and peace in believing. One of the things that when you believe in God, when you believe in Jesus, when you're currently believing, you will have joy and peace. They manifest with your faith. If you are saying you're in faith, but you don't have any joy about you, if you don't have any peace about you, you are kidding yourself. You're not in faith. If you talk to someone and um, and, and, it, and there's always irritation and anger and depression and all that stuff, it has nothing to do with faith and I wouldn't feed on that if I were you. If, if something, you look at something or you talk to someone and you walk away irritated or, or agitated or, or just, you know, kind of angry or whatever, that, that is opposing your faith. Now, listen, I'm going to get to this, but remember, happiness depends on circumstances. You can only be happy if everything is all right. The world's peace is you can only have peace if everything is fixed. That's not the way it works in God because it can never be that way because Satan is the God of this world. And he's always going to stir up circumstances. He's always going to stir up people. And if your joy and peace depend on everything being okay, you're never going to be at joy and peace. And that's not the way this works. When you get at joy and peace, it will begin to change the circumstances. Happiness is from the outside in. Joy is from the inside out. Listen, if you'll be at joy, if you'll have joy and learn to work with joy and peace, it will cause outward peace and outward, if you want to use the word, happiness or contentment. But the world's way always depends on everything being all right. And if, and if you're surrounding yourself with people who are always stirred up, always angry, well, Pastor Mark, we got we to gotta fix some stuff. Well, you, I don't know how, what the... You, <laughs> Anything eternal can only be fixed from the eternal realm. Anything that's everlasting or going to really work, it's going to have to come from God. Now, I told you this before. When you get in faith and there's a problem on the earth, God's going to give you an assignment. When destruction came, remember um, at Ziklag, what happened? David sought the Lord. I said, David saw the Lord, and the Lord told him what he to do. He told him to pursue, overtake, and recover all any of the problems of life that are currently around you—personal, family, um, in, in, a, in a nation, in a city, in a nation. All those things, ha- and for, for you and I, we can't we can't look to the natural to solve stuff. We got to look to God. But God will tell you something that will affect the natural, and His stuff always works. I think some people are getting the impression that I am a uh uh pray only do nothing kind of person. Well, if you pray and you really pray, you'll hear you'll hear instructions. You know, come on, don't be the person that prays and says, "Lord, da 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 da," and then you walk out right as he's starting to talk. Lord, I need I need a one I one I want. And then he starts, "Well, this is what you need to Oh, they're gone. You're always going to get an assignment. You're always going to get instructions. Why? Faith without corresponding actions is dead. He's going to tell you something to do, and you can't put it off on everybody else. You have an assignment that's going to affect everything going on in the world right now. I, I, are y'all good? I'm good. Hallelujah. So let the God of hope fill you with all hope in joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said the power of the Holy Ghost. Ooh, because I want to get to it. But anyway, we talked about this. Number one, again, um, if you have joy comes from believing. Jesus said, Here you haven't asked anything in my name, ask you, receive, that your joy would be full. Remember what the apostle Paul said in Acts twenty seven, twenty five. He said, Wherefore, sirs, cheer up. Everybody say, Cheer up. Cheer up. Why? Why can you cheer up? Because I believe God. Where does that cheer come from? It comes from the inside. Why? Because I believe something. I believe in someone. I believe what he told me. And so if I really believe something, if I really believe someone, I'll be full of cheer. I'll be cheered up. And when you're cheered up, it seems easy to get everybody cheered up around you. Amen. The opposite of true. If you hang out with people who are teared up or mad up or angry up or whatever there are up, it'll get off on you. That's a different seed that you don't want in your soil. That's a different seed you don't want in your soil. Praise the Lord. in whom having not seen, you believe every shout, I believe. How, what do you believe? I, well, I, I, Even though I don't see him, even though I, I can't maybe see it in the circumstances, yet I believe. And how do I believe? I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. The Bible says this in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. So, what should I be doing? I should be believing. What else should I be doing? I should be receiving the word of God. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, I did eat them, and they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. So, what do I know? If my joy level is low, my word level is low. If my joy level is low, my word level can that be fixed? Can that be fixed? Well, you just need to put it on. Well, before you put it on, you need to put some word in you. Amen. What are you looking at? What are you listening to? And so when I get his word, I didn't find it. I did eat it. That's not a casual read. It's not a casual read that you should read your Bible, but you should also dig in. You should eat. Amen. Come on. Looking around, I see some of you eat three meals a day. Four if we can get away with it. Y'all don't eat just twice a week, naturally, do you? Once a week? No, you gotta you gotta feed yourself. You gotta find it. If my joy level is low, what is that? My word level's low. Can that be fixed? Easy. Hallelujah. Well, I got, I got to believe something. If I'm not, if my joy level is low, if I've heard the word, faith came, I should be full of joy about it. Praise the Lord. If if I don't have any joy, what else should I do? In his presence is fullness of joy. I should gather together. It's just sometimes easier to gather together where the presence of God is and get full of joy. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. And so let's look at this, where we want to start. Ooh. Um let's just start Psalms 511 Psalms 511 and 12 But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice So if I trust him then my response will be to rejoice If I in faith my response will be rejoicing So if I've got an issue that I have prayed that I've used the word of God on And I believe, God, my response would be, when it gets brought up, what would happen? I would rejoice over it. I I wouldn't be in remorse. I wouldn't be sad about it. I would rejoice over it. Watch this. Be careful of the big things that you don't think you can control. Well, it's okay to be sad and mad about that. But then when I get over to my personal stuff, I know that I can't let that in. And I'm just going to rejoice over that. And I'm going to separate the two. You can't. You can't. So what you, you have one heart. You have one soil. Guard it. Protect it. Watch over it, because out of it flow the issues of your life. And so, when I trust him, how many know you can trust him with an area that you're not in charge of? If I was one of Joshua's second batch, walking around the gate, I wouldn't be Joshua, I wouldn't be Caleb, I'd be in the army, I'd I'd be in the group. I, I, I now see me personally. I'd want to know why, because this is who I am. Why are we walking around this wall? Somebody tell me why. But then I'd have to figure out I'm not in charge, and that would make me mad. I'm not in charge. I'm trying to be funny to some of you. All need to wake up. <laughs> okay, that would not go well. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> but I'd have to come to the place where I submitted. Quick question, it and did my part. And then when he said, it's, and at the end, shout, then what am I going to do? I don't know why I'm shouting, but he said shout, so I'm going to shout. And the walls are going to fall down, and I'm going to walk in. Amen? I got to do it the way God said. That's something totally out of my control. I, I wasn't privy to any information. I didn't know the inner workings of it. I just got orders from someone who I submitted to, and I just did what they said, but I got the results thereof. See, there. You see. Uh, sometimes it takes uh, more faith, if you can say it this way, on things that you don't have direct control of uh, that, that, that you do. I, I, I hate people tell me all the time, well, I have faith for other people. I just don't have faith for myself. I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. If you can't have faith for yourself, it's very hard to have faith for anybody else. All you're saying is I don't have to look at it. It's not, me, it's not my body. Can you have faith for someone else? Yes. But you've got to develop your own for you. And so when you trust him in the areas of your life, you should rejoice. And Then when you get good at that, when things are out of your control, so to speak, then you'll still be able to rejoice because you believe God. And he'll, he'll give you a partial. Everybody say, I trust God. And it says, put all those that put their trust in him, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Let them ever shout for joy. Why? Because you defend them. Because you defend them. See, if you really believe God's gonna defend you, He's better than any attorney. He's gonna defend you, what should you do about it? You should just shout for joy. If you believe God's gonna defend you, let Him shout for joy. Let also that love His name. Why? He's got a name that's above every name. Be joyful. And then it goes on, I just added this just for fun. For, For Thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. We've been talking about the righteous. Are you righteous? Uh, he'll bless the righteous with favor and he'll compass him about as a shield. Everywhere you go, you got favor. You have favor with God and favor with man. Why? Because you're righteous. But you see, I believe that's also a setup of, I've got to believe the Lord. All those that put their trust in him ought to rejoice. And I know it's, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I know it's in the morning, but, but guess what? I won't make you rejoice today, whether you feel like it or not. Could you trust him? You'll do better if you stand up. Uh, Hallelujah. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your body? You trust him with your finances? You trust him with your children. You trust him with your city. You trust him with your job. You trust him with your nation. Do you trust him? 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 Hallelujah. Then you ought to rejoice. Then you ought to rejoice. Then you ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice. You ought to shout for joy with a voice of triumph. You ought to shout unto God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you can have a seat. Glory to God. Psalms 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I'll just throw this in there anyway, because we're not going to get to it. Nehemiah 8 says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Listen to me. If you, in order to get joy, you got to get to the Word. you got to get in the presence of God. you got to be in faith. But once you get in faith, then joy is produced. And once you produce joy, strength is produced. If you feel like you want to give in, you feel depressed, you feel like you want to give out, you've got a joy problem. You've got a joy problem, which means you've got a faith problem, which means you've got a presence of God. You're not in the presence of God enough. The presence of God will just knock that stuff off of you. Hallelujah. And then that joy comes, and then the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Come on, he's not just a front shield. He's a side shield. He's a rear guard. Hallelujah. And his, his favor compasses you round about. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts him. I'm helped. Therefore, my heart does greatly rejoice. And with my song, my song, I'll praise him. I'm going to let Ted praise him for me. No, with my own song, with my song. I'm going to praise him. Why? Because my heart rejoices. Why does my heart rejoice? Because I trust him. Because I trust him. That's my theme today. I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. In other words, I'm in faith. I trust Him. I trust Him with my life. I trust Him with my marriage. I trust Him with my child. I trust Him with my spiritual children. I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him with my body. I trust Him with my money. I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I know in whom I have believed. I know Him. I know him. I know him. I know him. He's not gonna let me down. He's not gonna let he'll never disappoint you. He'll never people will disappoint you. Church could disappoint you. Friends could disappoint you. Those close to you could disappoint you. But God will never disappoint you. He can't. He can't. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. Hallelujah. Everybody shout, out! trust him. Psalms 126. Been quoting a lot of these things to you. I thought we'd just look at them. Psalms 126. (laughs) Glad I came to church. Psalms 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, anything you feel like that is captive that needs change in your personal life, In your family, in your marriage. Again, we'll just take it all the way up. City, nation, world. When the Lord turned again, who turned it? We were like them that dream. In other words, wow, that's better than I could have ever imagined. I keep prophesying to you. He's going to deliver a nation from a nation. Just like he did. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen. In other words, because we trust God so much, he turned our captivity. It was so good, it was like a dream. Then we just, all you could do was laugh about it. Sing about it. Then the heathen got to talking. Mm -hmm. Come on, those that have been watching you, and make no mistake about it, they are watching you. They want to know how you're handling this or that. What you're going to say about this when the pressure's on. You're going to hold to your faith. You're going to change your tune. The heathen, they're going to be talking. And what? Come on, when you can get a heathen to say, the Lord has done great things for them. I remember when we uh, started building this building. In town, there was talk. Where'd that church come from? Was that the one on the backside of the desert? Where'd that church come from? Then they start calling us the rich church. Start calling us the rich church. How did that smaller group of people do that? Well, anytime you get back to me, I'd say, Because I ain't taking no credit and I'm not giving you any credit. The Lord has done great things. Only the Lord could do such a thing. Especially in the time that he did it in. In the middle of a recession that we decided not to participate in. Because the blood of Jesus made us immune. The Lord has done, because they were saying it, the Lord has done, the Lord has done great things for them. (laughs) Come on. Then what, should we join them? The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are. See, you don't even have to wait to see the great things before you rejoice about the great things. Because on this side of the covenant, we need to believe before we see. And so you, if you're, are you believing for anything? personally, yes. for your family, yes. for a nation. Yes. Are you believing for anything? So anytime the thought comes up, what, are you be, what, what should you really be about it? Glad. Why? Because God heard you and he promised to turn again the captivity. So what's left to do but rejoice? Now listen, there's assignments, there's things to do, but in that um, uh, <laughs> there re- should be re- lots of rejoicing. If you got lots of things you're believing for, there should be lots of rejoicing. You should catch yourself running around your house, maybe. You should catch yourself, you know, right in the middle of, of you know, you are waiting up on seventy two or trying to get on the arsenal, whatever. You should have yourself a little praise break because you believe in something. Amen. You should go down the hall at work and maybe lift your hand and you know uh, say hallelujah. And they're like, look at, it. but the Lord has done great things for me, whereof I am glad. I am glad. I am glad. I am glad. <laughs> I, you know, uh, there was a time I wasn't going to the gym. I was walking around the neighborhood, and uh, I always had, you know, some things pumping in my ears. Uh, usually it was Brother Moore, Keith Moore. And every once in a while, I just found myself, whatever he said to tell them to do, I was right there in the middle of it. So while I was walking, sometimes I was, uh, people... Uh, I, Sometimes at the gym now, I got some music going, and I and I, I know I hear my I'll, 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 every once in a while. i like, "Oh, I think I'm out loud," um, <clears throat> but you know what? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are turn again our captivity, O oh Lord as the streams of the south, verse five, they that sow in tears. If there's something in your life that even brought to you to a place of tears, I get it. The Lord gets it. There's some things that are just like this ought not be. Especially as a child of God, you know it should not ought be. And even though you sow in tears, what happens? It's okay to sow in tears, but you can't reap in tears. No, that's going to be some revelation to somebody in this room. You can't, you can't reap in tears. You can sow in tears, but you have to reap with joy. In other words, okay, this is hard. This is, this is hard. This is, this is hard. I, I've had to do it before. So, you know, I don't usually ask for a box of Kleenex, even though I say that, because as a man, you know, I don't really get a lot of Kleenex. But, you know, I thank God for the long-sleeve weather. So you can, or, you, or you can pretend like you're not. You know what I'm saying? But then there's been sometimes it's unmistakable that I am. But you know what i got to do? Ha, ha, ha. Because if I want to reap, i got to do it in joy. You can sow in tears, but you're going to reap in. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with harvest. In case you didn't get it in verse 5, he repeated it in verse 6. You can sow even over people that you care about in tears. But in order for it to change, you got to, if, if you're going to bring the harvest in, you've got to do it with rejoicing. That's contrary to what people are telling you to do in the world. Because the devil also knows how this works. If he can keep you bound up, sad, hurt, mad, wondering, then you're not, it's not going to change. But once you trust him, you know he's heard you. This is the confidence that I have in him that I ask anything according to his will. I know. I don't think. Whatsoever things I desire when I pray, I believe that I receive them. I I, I believe that he hears me, and I believe that I receive them. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you you receive them, and you shall have them when I pray. He heard me. And since he heard me, I'm just going to rejoice about it. I believe something, so I'm going to cheer up. And when it, cause I believe something, I'm not going to let you cheer down. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going I'm to keep you cheered up. I'm going to keep you cheered up because that's where your faith works. That's where your faith works. You want to change something? Then cheer up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Come on. Say the Lord has done great things for us. Are you ready to reap in joy? Come on. He could have, he could have made it the other way around, but he said, oh, you know what? As they're receiving in, I want to be full of joy. Weeping, bearing precious seed. And then doubtless, doubt, what? Doubtless? Doubtless? What does that mean? For sure. If you sow in tears, if you believe God for something, even if it's a, a strenuous thing, but, but, but doubtless. In other words, it works. You're going to come with rejoicing. So let's rejoice it in. Rejoice it in. Rejoice it in. What are you believing for? What you believing for? What you believing for? What you believing for? What are you believing for? What are you believing for? What are you believing for? What you're really believing for? What you believe you've already received. You rejoice over it. You rejoice over it. You rejoice over it. Come on, can you see somebody sitting beside you that said I'll never go to church? Come on. Can you, can you see your body healed when the doctor said, sorry, this is going to be this way the rest of your life? It may cost you. May, come on. C- can you see when someone said, you're not capable of having your own business? You know, you know, uh, come on. Somebody, some expert tell you something. Amen. But what you got to do is you got to trust God because you know his voice. You have his word and you can rejoice about it. You can be cheered up about it. You can rejoice over it because you trust him because favor surrounds you like a shield. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you with my life, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ooh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Jesus preached out of this, so I think it would be all right for us to preach out of it. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Remember in Luke 4 he took that up. Because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is what? It's a jubilee, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, Zion's a type of church, to give them beauty for ashes. What's an ash? An ash is something that's been destroyed. If ashes are only left of it, then it's totally destroyed. It's amazing to me how God, when there's nothing that seems (laughs) left because it's all burnt up, can turn it around. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. He's not denying that someone's in mourning. He's just going to say, I'm just not going to leave you there. The oil of joy for mourning. So if you've been mourning about anything, believe that God's going to take care of it. Pray. Speak the word over it, no matter what it is, personal, family, uh, something bigger than that. Speak the word of God over it. Trust the Lord with it. Do whatever he tells you to do, but then begin to rejoice over it. Well, I just can't. Then you're not in faith yet. So what do you do? You go back to the word. Can't doesn't mean stop. Just being honest. Just if you're honest about it, what does that mean? Well, I just can't do this. Well, that's a baloney. That's a lie. You can do this. What do you do? You go back to the word. What does the word say about it? Because I guarantee you there's something personal personal. If it's private, if it's family, if it's about a nation, if it's about anything, the word has something about it. What do you do? You believe that. And when you feed on it, what happens? It brings joy to you. It brings joy to you. The word brings joy to you. Then you release your faith. Then what does that do? It brings joy to you. Then what do you do? You just thank God about it. What does that do? It brings joy to you. Then what do you do? Well, then you just start shouting about it. You cheer up because you're just like the Apostle Paul. You cheer up everybody because I believe God. Then you're going to be annoying to people. I know. Nobody loves a cheery person when everybody else is all gloomy. And so you'll just have to let people be annoyed with you. And some of those annoyed people will be like, "Okay, well maybe that's better than where I'm at." And what are you so happy about? What'd you drink this morning? I, I took a big old drink of Jesus. Living water is flowing through me. You want some? All right. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Garment of praise. Come on, trade it in. Garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That you might be called, watch this, trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And what are you people who are now having uh, that beauty as a diadem? It's like a crown. The oil of joy. A garment of praise. Those people, trees of righteousness. What are you going to do? What, what, what is your assignment? You're going to build the old waste places. Something where there's desolation, he's going to raise it up. You're going to be the repairers of the breach where there's a breach in society. You're the repairers of it, not the terror downers of it. You're the repairers of the breach. The desolation, you're the restorer of generations. Pastor Rhonda on Wednesday nights have been doing, ooh, it's so good. It's been so good. I'm trying to make make sure that there's not more coming from that. It's been so good from generation to generation, our responsibility, but not just only to our own children, but to this next generation, who the Lord, by the way, calls to me, calls them the generation of the upright, which is the same as calling them as the generation of the righteous. That means they're going to wake up, not what the world wants them to wake up to. They're going to wake up to their righteousness, their right standing with God. You watch and see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, I think you and I might be in for another I don't know, some of you were alive for the well, I don't know what they call it, the hippie movement thingy. I, I was way too young, and uh, the Jesus, what? The Jesus rebel I don't know about that I, whatever. I, he's going to do something like that. Some of you' around for the char- charismatic move, where people start coming out of denominations and get filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe Hikaroka noikicha. Bested is the topa le in the days of the Rappaki and the Nomaha Sede And the Shutala Brance and the Lacriste, And so in these days, all the things you've seen me do in the past, they culminate into one. And the great end is about to come. So rejoice and be glad. For did I do a great thing? Have I not said it? But only you must believe it and be full of joy and victory in this hour. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, that's really what I've been sensing. Ooh, and he just said it. I just, all, it's just like a, ooh, it's like putting it all together and boom. Do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? Oh, you watch and see, I do believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe God is going to do a big old bang right before we leave. Hallelujah. I got to hurry up. Hallelujah. Y'all listening really good today. Uh, so, um, I, so you're going to restore the waste places, the former desolation, the waste. You're, you're the repairer of the breach. The last desolations of many generations and strangers shall stand at your feet and feed your flock. Uh, Let's just move down. Um, Verse seven, because of time. For your shame. Come on, this is our scripture around here. For your shame, you're going to have the double. For confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. And not only with the double. I love this last part. And ever la- See, if you're going to walk in the double, you're going to have to have joy. Doublers walk in joy. If you're going to walk in, come on, if you're going to walk in the double, you're going to have to walk in some joy. Why? The, uh, the, one of the signs of someone being able to walk in the double is everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 8 says he's making a covenant, and he did. Verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. Come on, let's talk about you. You're the only, we're, we have the garment of salvation. We have salvation. Salvation is a person. His name is Jesus. And everything that goes along with it. My garment, he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe. A robe of what? Righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with Jewels. Verse 11, the last part says, so the Lord God will cause the righteous and praise to spring forth from all nations. Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. The Lord God, in these last days, the day of the double, the day of everlasting joy, the day when the church is gonna wake up to their righteousness, the day of joy and jubilation and jubilee and possessing the double and everlasting joy is on you and you're full of joy and you got victory and you're really cheered up. I don't know if somebody wants to help me in this room this morning, but we're full of joy and we have victory. And this is our portion. This is the time we've come to. And what's gonna happen? Out of the nations, out of this nation, out of the nation, out of this nation, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Righteousness and praise is gonna spring up. Righteous meaning people are gonna get born again. Salvation is gonna be their garment as well. There's an answer for the United States of America and it's called salvation and it's a name. His name is Jesus. And every time someone calls on the name of the Lord, this nation is changed. Every time someone gets discipled. Every time someone gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Every time God is... (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump ahead. What this nation needs is the church to believe in the Holy Ghost again. What this nation needs is the church to let the Holy Ghost move when the Holy Ghost wants to move. Put him back in the front room. He's never left here. And you think, well, you know, people aren't comfortable with that. I don't care anymore. They need to get comfortable with that. Cause that's their answer. That's the answer. It's the answer. It was my answer. It's your answer. The Holy Ghost doesn't have to be weird to be real. It's not always easily explained. But you can tell the difference when it's the Holy Ghost and people just acting silly. But I'd rather have a little bit of silliness than a bunch of wet blankets. And I'm so grateful I have all you, no wet blankets. And when people come in, what's going to happen? They're going to see the joy and the victory. And at times of prayer, maybe you give yourself and you could even weep over the lost and the mess. But even when you're done from that place of prayer, for it to be real intercession, you should get up with with a note of victory. God's never going to leave you depressed. God's never going to leave you heavy because that means you're carrying something that he already carried. That's not true intercession. Well, I'm just interceding. True intercession will take you to a place of victory. Even if you're working on something on a regular basis, every time you get up, you should get up with a note of victory because the Lord always causes you to triumph.